We took a little detour from 1 Corinthians last week to uh, look at the uh, story in Luke 10 of Martha versus Mary and uh, Mary choosing what was better. And I encourage you to always choose what is best. And as we get to the end of 1 Corinthians, we now come back to the book uh, that we've been preaching from. 1 Corinthians 16. Paul's letters, when you, when you get to the end of them, they're also often filled with just this thing, that thing, then the other thing, like a potpourri, and there's always some neat things in there. And so we, what we're going to do is look at the entirety of 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Today we're going to look at verses 1 through 12. Next week we're going to look at uh, verse number uh, 13 and 14. And then we'll look at 15 to the end in the, in the following week. So three sermons coming out of the end of 1 Corinthians chapter 16. In 1 Corinthians 16 verses 1 through 4, it reads, Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I directed the churches in, of Galatia, so do you also. On the first day of every week, each one of you is to put aside and save as he may prosper, so that no collections be made when I come. When I arrive, whomever you may approve, I will send them with letters to carry your gift to Jerusalem. And if it is fitting for me to go also, they will go with me. So number one is this idea of an encouragement. Be givers. Be givers. And I say this to a congregation who is a very giving congregation. The church has proven that over and over again, this idea that if there is a need, it will be given. Whether it's the work of the church here uh, in this place, or if it's uh, a missionary somewhere, or some, some funds and, and food and clothing that go to uh, down to some churches in the country, in Kentucky, where some of our families have come from, then this church steps up to give. We took that spiritual giftedness test several years ago, and if, if there's anybody here who's not aware of the spiritual giftedness uh, test that was given so that you can find your spiritual gifts, uh, let me know. And I would direct you to that. And perhaps some people want to take that test again and, and see if you're still testing about the same way. Um, but find my spiritual gift uh, .com, I believe. I don't think it's .org. I think it's .com. But find my spiritual gift.com. Many people took that test and several people from our congregation showed up as givers. Not only do you give of your money, but you also give of your time. You give of your energy. You are givers. And this letter uh, is a testament to this. In verses 1 through 4, Paul is telling the, this Corinthian, the church in Corinth, to be givers. As you are consider being a giver, give to a good cause. Now notice, here in chapter 16, verse 1, it's the collection for the saints. And those saints, we figure out, uh, as you continue to read on, those are the saints in Jerusalem. It's probably the poor saints that are in Jerusalem. Saints who are in great need. And they needed help. Find good ways to give. 
Find places of need. Find places that fit with the ministry of Christ. Where the gospel of Christ can be proclaimed. Where you can do something good in the name of Jesus will be held in high honor because you did something for him. Give to godly causes. And support the church. I actually look, I know 1 Corinthians 16, uh, these verses when it talks about the collection and, and setting aside and saving as you prosper, and to be doing that each week on the first day of each week, it's often applied to congregational giving and, and passing the plate and us getting, you know, it's used in that, that way. And that's, I think, fairly fitting. But notice in this particular instance, the, the money was going to go to somewhere else. But I do encourage you, to support this local congregation, support one another, support this place where we meet, support the things, the ministries that we do. When you provide money in the plate, it supports me. You are given support to the preacher that the word of God can be proclaimed from week to week and from day to day throughout the week and the different studies that are available to people. So continue to support the church. It's kind of uh, as far as a connection with the first point that I made, give to a good cause. I would ask you to consider that our church is a good cause. I would ask you to consider that the money that is given, there is an account that is made for it. And we have a wonderful treasurer who is very meticulous and gives great effort and skill to provide information as to where all the money is gone. And there's neat... Um, I haven't provided, so Ryan has actually provided a report. I haven't provided it to everybody yet. But over the past several years, our giving has been increasing. And so we're on a good trend, and our treasurer brought that out. Uh, Brother Ryan did at our last business meeting. And all that is accounted for. And you guys, you all are good givers. Continue to be good givers. And let's continue to reach out to others, bring others in so that they can provide support. Also notice in here that my next point on the outline, it says have a plan for giving. Don't just kind of show up and say, oh, here it is. Notice in verse number two, it says on the first day of every week. So here it's, it's an intentional time. It's a thought that I am going to give. I'm going to pre- be prepared to give. So on the first day of every week, each one of you is to put aside and save as he may prosper. So if God's given you stuff, you know, here comes the stuff. Here comes the money from my job. Here is my check. Here is, it comes to me. I need to be thinking about how God has prospered me so then that I can give to others. Be a giver. Think about it. Don't just kind of do it. Think about the cause you want to give to. Think about the work and support of the gospel of Jesus Christ in that giving. And then put that money aside and say, here it is. Lord, you've been good to me. I want to be good to you and to the work of the church. Be a giver. And that last point then just says, give as you prosper. Folks, I often uh, acknowledge the fact that we are a wealthy nation. 
We are wealthy people in a wealthy nation, and compared to the rest of the world, we are extremely rich. And I usually say that in the context of, so be careful, because those riches get your attention and take your eyes off of Jesus. You put your eyes on your stuff. You can't serve God and stuff. God and mammon. God and money. One or the other. Which one is it? Is it God and the things? Or the God? And your, your eyes are just fixed on God. Which way is it? God or stuff? And it's a, it's a warning. But here in this passage, it puts, hey, if you're prospering, this is a good thing. Money isn't bad. It's how you do it, and what you do with it is what matters. So as God gives you stuff, as you become rich, young people in the congregation, someday you guys, you're thinking about, hey, when I grow up, what am I going to do with my life? And you usually associate with that with, what can I do that's going to make money so that I can live? Well, think about, what can I do so that I can prosper, so that I can further the kingdom of God. Don't think about the house that you want to live in. Think about what you want to build and what the church can build for God. And old folks, we better be thinking about that right now. Because all of this stuff will fail. It will all be burned up, but the word of the Lord lasts forever. Be givers. Verses 5 through 7. It says, But as I came to you, excuse me, but I will come to you after I go through Macedonia. For I am going through Macedonia, and perhaps I will stay with you and even spend the winter so that you may send me on my way wherever I may go. For I do not wish to see you now just in passing. For I hope to remain with you for some time, if the Lord permits. And now, the the funny thing about this is, to me, I look at this in a little bit like Paul saying, I am coming to you, so you better be ready. (laughs) You know, it's, you consider this book of 1 Corinthians and all the warnings it has in it and how messed up they were, and they were divided, they had some of Paul, some of Apollos, some of Cephas, some say I'm of Christ. And they had all these factions in the church. They were disagreeing on things. There were some lawsuits in the church against each other. There was a man who was sinful and the church was saying, oh, he's so wonderful. But he was. they needed to kick him out of the church. They needed to, and that perhaps is not the proper language, they needed to discipline him and treat him as a heathen. But they had all kinds of problems. And so Paul is saying, you know, I'm going to come to you. But it doesn't say, I'm going to come to you, so you better get the house in order and be ready. He comes and says, I want to be with you. Perhaps I will stay with you. Um, and, And he doesn't want to be, well, first of all, quality time. Just let me stick with the outline. Quality time is good, not just seeing each other in passing. That's what it says in verse 7. I do not wish to see you now and just in passing. I don't want to just stop in and be on my way. I'm trying to plan it and I hope God wills it, will allow me to do it to be with you. Church being together is a wonderful 
thing. It is good for Christians to be together and to be united together. Paul's saying, I want to be with you, and I don't want to be there just for a short time. I want to spend time with you. And folks, our, our church, we've got to keep focused on this. We've got to remember the messages that have been given to us. And I think of messages from Jay that, hey, we're family. We're together. We work together and we love each other and spend time together. We need to remember that. It is important and good for us to be together. And why is it important? I want to insert a passage from Philippians chapter 1. So if you flip a few pages towards Galatians, Ephesians, then Philippians chapter 1, verse number 25. And it's an interesting context here, but Paul, not knowing whether he was going to die or whether he's going to stay alive in this world, he said he thinks he's going to stay alive because, well, verse 24 with it, yet to remain on in the flesh is more necessary for your sake. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all. For your progress and joy in the faith. Paul wants to, he wants nothing more than to be with Christ. He just says a couple verses earlier, that's very much better. That's what he wants to be. He wants the resurrection to, to come. Maranatha, come, O Lord. But yet to remain on in the flesh is more necessary for your sake. I'm going to stick around with you for your progress and joy in the faith. We should long together, long to come together and be together, not so that we can uh, just kind of sing some songs, say a couple prayers and go on our way. We long to be together to encourage each other to make progress in the faith. I want to encourage you in, our, in your faith. I get to do that to you right now as I preach. I hope I encourage you in your faith. You guys put up with a lot of dumb things that I do, but I think if I didn't encourage you from week to week, you would have gotten rid of me a long time ago, as you probably should. If I weren't encouraging you in the faith, let me finish the thought, I guess. I don't want to leave that that you should get rid of me. No. Keep, so I get to encourage you, but when do you get to encourage me? Your smile might encourage me now, knowing that I tried to make a joke and maybe it connected a little bit here. That's encouraging. I'm terrible at jokes. But what I want you to do is encourage me in the faith. I need to make, continue to make progress in the faith. God needs to keep working in me to help me to grow with, from glory to glory in Christ. I want Christ to shine forth for me in a better way each and every day. That doesn't happen if I don't have a church that's helping that to happen in me. And we need to be, that, that is, needs to be the ministry of the church. This needs to, it's, it's all of us working together and encouraging each other. We need one another. The church wasn't just come so, some kind of weird plan that God came up with and he said, ah, oh, it's the best I got. You know, it's, uh, just make them get together and sing to me so they don't forget me. No, it's. Make them take some bread and juice. It's, no, we are, in, we are here. We are the body. We are united in Christ to help us to grow in Christ, to make progress in our faith. 
to have joy in the faith. We're supposed to give each other joy. That's what Paul said. I want you to, want you to have more joy in the faith. So I'm going to stick around with you guys. It's good for Christians to be together. The church is good. Come together. Make it your intent to have quality time with people. I think this is why our Bible classes are so important. In our worship settings, it's often one person and everybody else listening. We all participate in this together. But when we're in class, then we can talk. And as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Let us be together. Let us join together. Let us always come together as often as possible to help us help one another grow in the faith. So number one, be givers. Number two, remember that it's good for Christians to be together. Uh, Number three, be ready for doors that open wide. Be ready for opportunity. Look at verses eight and nine. But I will remain in Ephesus until Pentecost. For a wide door for effective service has opened to me. And there are many adversaries. So Paul is saying, you know, I'm, I want to come to you guys. I want to come when I can spend some time. It's not right now, though, because I'm staying in Ephesus at least until Pentecost. I don't know how much time that means. They knew. I don't. I don't know when this letter was written, when it arrived to him. But he says, I'm going to stay in Ephesus until Pentecost. Don't expect expect me to come until after Pentecost. Because there's something important here for me. A wide door for effective service has opened to me. God has given me an opportunity to do some good, to do some work, to serve the church. And I'm going to make that service effective. I'm going to do it. Man, we know Paul was going to take advantage. If there's a door open, Paul took advantage of it. He was faithful. Uh, He outworked all of the other disciples, didn't he? He worked harder than them all. That's what he said here in this very book. He said, I worked harder than all of them. All the other apostles, I worked harder than they have. And he was effective in his ministry. He spread the church throughout Asia Minor. He spread the church throughout Macedonia and Achaia. If there was an opportunity, Paul took advantage of it. And God provides opportunities for us. Does God ever open wide a door for you? And God's saying, I need you to serve in this way. I need you to do something. You read about Paul, and Paul had ministry, and man, he took advantage of everything. He was going, doing something, busy, working. God has something for you to do. We're not just here. We're here to work for the Lord. He needs us. And He will open doors for us to serve His purpose. Effective ministry is always met with adversaries, so be prepared. So yeah, you might have 
a door of opportunity that opened wide, and you, hey, here we go, and you step through that door, we'll be ready. Because you'll have some difficulties that will come. And it might not be an adversary of a person. I think that's how it often showed up for Paul. But anytime you do something good, there's always something that's going to try and stop you. The devil doesn't want you to do good for Jesus. He will stop you by any means possible. He tried probably to get you to not come to church today. He doesn't want you here. This was an opportunity for you to come. This is just one opportunity. And you made it. When you start serving the Lord, there might be more adversaries come out of the word work. They came out for Jesus. Jesus did a good, good thing. He asked us to follow his example. In John 15, verse number 20, Jesus said, Remember the word that I said to you, a slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. Doors of opportunity will open. Step through that door and do everything you can to serve the Lord. And don't forget the opposition will come. Adversaries will try and stop you. And that's okay. Paul experienced that. Jesus experienced that. We will experience that. But step through that door and serve anyway. So be givers. Remember, it's good for Christians to be together and encourage each other and push each other towards progress in the faith and join the faith. Be ready for doors that open wide. And number four, work responsibly with one another. This is when I struggled with even how to say this to capture what I think is here, but this is, this is what I tried to do. Verses 10 and 11. Now, if Timothy comes, see that he is with you without cause to be afraid, for he is doing the Lord's work, as also I am. So let no one despise him, but send him on his way in peace, so that he may come to me, for I expect him with the brethren. Now, you might flash to uh, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4, where... Paul tells Timothy, let no one despise you because of your youth. So Timothy was a young preacher. He's fresh in ministry. And here he is. He's probably a couple years into it. But he's reminding the people, hey, don't let anybody cause Timothy problems. Encourage him. Don't let anybody despise him. Don't let anybody tear him down. He's a young preacher for the cause of Christ. Stand up for him. Help him. We are here to help one another together in the cause for Christ. So stand together. Uh, this idea of working responsibly with one another, we're all in this together. We, none of us should allow somebody to despise somebody else, to tear down somebody else. We should all be in encouraging each other in ministry as people take steps through doors of opportunity. 
Don't let anybody in the congregation be the one who is going to be the adversary to something good, to a ministry, to a service, to an opportunity. Encourage each other. Support one another. Don't cause fear. If somebody does something different than what you would have done, they say something different than what you would have said, don't cause them, don't make a big issue out of it. If it's something to work through with your brother or your sister in Christ, go to them and talk to them, but don't cause fear. Don't be the adversary that's going to kind of make somebody step back and say, I'm never going to try anything in this church again. Whew, you'll get ate alive. No, we all make mistakes. So if somebody makes a mistake as they step through a door of opportunity, come to them and say, here, let's work with this. There's, there is an opportunity there. Let's see how we can get you going in the right direction. Let's help one another and not cause anyone to be afraid. Now, I'll pause for a moment and say if somebody is stepping outside of the truth of God's word, then we go to that person in love and say you need to stop. That's what 1 Corinthians chapter 5 was all about. You don't let somebody do something that is going to cause problems for the church. Somebody that brings sin into the church should be stopped. But as far as opportunities, doing things, doing what we can, serving, let's be encouragers. Let's help one another. We should encourage others to take responsibility and serve. When Paul found Timothy, he said, hey, I want this guy to come along with me. Did Timothy make some mistakes along the way? Uh, if he's anything like me, he made some mistakes. We make mistakes. But we encourage one another, we help one another to make progress and joy in the faith. The idea of send him and send me, notice in verse number 11, it says, let no one despise him, but send him on his way in peace. All right, Timothy, you've been working with us for a while. I know Paul's got something else for you to do. We're going to send you on your way. We're going to pray for you and send you. When Paul started, even before he kind of stepped up as the leader, Paul and, uh, uh, Paul and Barnabas, when they went out on their first missionary journey, the elders, the, the church in that place, they laid their hands on them, prayed for them, and sent them on their way. Send people in peace. Do this. You can do this. And even if we're not sending somebody away from this church to be a missionary in Africa, we're going to encourage each other and send each other into a way we can serve. Hey, there's an open door. How about you step through that? That's an opportunity for you. Everyone can serve the Lord. We're going to encourage one another and send one another. You need to encourage me. If you see something that I can do or do better, you send me. Say, you can do this. Get going on that. Let us send one another. Verse number six was the other one where it was sent. Um, Paul said, I want to stay with you um, or even spend the winter so that you may send me on my way wherever I may go. He was telling him, I'm only going to be with you for a little while. I want you to be ready to send me. We've all got something to do. Let's encourage each other, support one another. Let us send one another. And number five, the same kind of message, but concerning Apollos, our brother. Here's another guy, part of the team. I encouraged him greatly to come 
to you with the brethren, and it was not all at all his desire to come now, but he will come when he has opportunity. He will come. He can't do it right now. He's got some other opportunities serving, but he will come when he has opportunity. Are you going to go when there's opportunity? Are you going to serve when there's opportunity? Are you going to look for open doors that God has given you? Somebody that you can reach? Somebody that you can teach? Somebody that you can invite? Somebody in the church perhaps that you can send and say, Here's, I know you can do this. Don't miss opportunities. Don't miss opportunity to be a giver. Don't miss opportunity to be together, number two. Uh, Be ready for those open doors. That's opportunity right now. Number four, working with each other, encouraging each other. Don't miss opportunity. Above all, the greatest opportunity we have is what? To come to Jesus. To give your life to Him. Today is an opportunity to give your life to Christ to believe in Him, to be immersed into Him, to be raised up to a new life where you are going to go through a bunch of open doors of ministry and service to Him forever. And the last door to go through is that door that leads us into heaven. Don't miss opportunity. If you need to come to Christ today, I encourage you to come as we stand together and sing.